0: And it was those relationships that kind of gave me the courage, not kind of that gave me the courage to step away because I saw the difference. Um, And so I think that is a beautiful thing. Um,
1: Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Aldo B.
2: Martin. I don't don't even know if there was like a... a period where I could tell they were intentionally doing it. I think it was more... I hear a sermon say, after your first year, you should have no outside friends. And then... I hear my discipler say, "Well, you know, if you go out of town, you know, hey, you might struggle. Just give me a call, or you know, we have sisters in your hometown. Just give them a call, or uh, it, it was it came more in a, a form of correction. So, there's probably one point where I just left, <laughs> didn't say anything, and I got back and got rebuked. <laughs> like, mm. you you're supposed to get advice, like." Okay. Oh, I remember that. It, like it, it it wasn't like uh I wasn't taught it. I was corrected to behave. That's really what it was. Gotcha.
1: Gotcha. Oh man. You know, Trisha, as you're speaking, I'm like, we were there with you. We weren't, but we were. Now now I really understand what you mean when you, when you said you heard the program and it resonated because it was really the same story. Really the same story. You you eventually left. Right? You eventually left. You did a you did a 3-year bid. 2-year <laughs> bid, excuse me, 2-year <laughs> bid and and you eventually left, right? You mentioned that there was a sermon where an evangelist said if you don't like how we do things here, you don't have to stay. Do you remember that?
2: Like, okay. Time to go. <laughs> I think I'm going <laughs> to head out there. <laughs> yeah, he, he said it with a lot of conviction. It was like, the if you don't like how we're doing in here, then you don't have to be here. But you won't find another church like this one. It was like, that's almost verbatim. I, I won't forget it because that was like the all right, bet. I'm leaving. So
1: you you took him on the dare.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You took him on the dare. You know, that was, um, that was the same type of messaging we got back then too. We, we, we did. We did. Uh, I don't remember it. Well, there were times I heard that verbatim too. Like this guy was, was, this guy was speaking from a script that's, Damn near 40 years old. <laughs> he
2: was though. So.
1: Like, you ain't doing nothing new. You ain't doing nothing new. Listen, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, 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 a rapper gets on right now? A new guy, a new guy, and some new rapper, some little somebody, little somebody. He gets on and he just starts rapping all of Biggie's lyrics. Mm. Everything. I
2: like, get out of here.
1: Like, man, yeah, we heard this before. man go sit your ass down, so you got a homie from Kentucky. like you know, it ain't nothing new it It ain't nothing new you you before you before you left, though, Trisha, you mentioned that you began seeing a therapist on campus yeah
2: yeah and
1: and seeing a therapist on campus helped you by getting into the why. You joined the organization. Now you were seeing the therapist while you were still a member.
2: Yeah. yeah, so I how, was, how
1: did that How did that help you? Tell us about that.
2: Well, I I went to the therapist because of an event I had with some of the sisters.
1: An event. And
2: yeah, like a not an event, like a actual event, but we had a like an argument, disagreement. Mm. But it shook me because. It was like a if you don't do what we say, we're gonna isolate you. It, it was kind of like that. Like you need to listen to us because we know what's better. And I'm like, oh, like <laughs> what is what is that? What do you mean? Like I need to do what you say? It was it, but it was a it was never direct. Nothing they ever said was direct, unless you were radical. So everything was a you need to. Like, I don't know how to even describe it other than they just never said anything directly. But it shook me because it was the first time I had really felt alone. And Mm -hmm. so I was just very quick to, I need to go talk to somebody because I can't handle it. And I, I mean, that experience was like, we never even addressed the church itself. We just address childhood stuff, like how you grew up. Like where who's who's you're you're
1: talking about the therapist now.
2: Right. Right. So we talked about everything from childhood, any type of trauma I had up until that point. And it was really weird because what I realized after those sessions with that therapist was that I joined that church trauma bonding. And so Mm. not having that trauma anymore left me feeling like, well, why am I here?
1: Can you can you mm-hmm. repeat that? I, I, explain that. You said trauma binding
2: Bonding, trauma bonding, trauma
1: bonding. Can you explain that? Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, so my trauma was more specific to childhood abuse. And when I was studying the Bible, one of the sisters I was studying with had also experienced that. So that was more of like I someone understands me, and so I'm willing to stay because. This is my peer. She understands me. She's spiritual. She got through it. We're good. And that's what connected me was the fact that someone understood me and I wasn't talking about it outside of those studies.
1: Dr. Melton, can you can you speak more to that in, in a general term, this this uh, trauma bonding? I mean, Trisha gave us a, a wonderful example. Um, this is a term that is, is new to me. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit more of that?
0: yeah so trauma bonding really is an emotional attachment uh, that is formed through trauma experiences. It develops out of repeated um, uh, a repeated cycle of of abuse and devaluation and then positive reinforcement. And so the bond that is formed is when someone um, treats you kindly, showers you with affection love uh, bombing happens, like you're important, you're my sister, you have a place in the kingdom, you know, you are deserving of love, it can really form an emotional attachment um, that provides a sense of safety, that provides um, a sense of belongingness that is often often, um, an attempt to heal the, the experience of being disrupted. that that safety or that that bond, that attachment being disrupted as a result of trauma. So the bond that forms uh, with a group or with another relationship, right, is something like, oh, my gosh, I am whole now. Somebody understands me and I'm safe when it may not truly be a safe situation or uh, emotional attachment. Does that make sense? Does that kind of capture your experience?
2: Yeah, that, that was spot on. That's exactly what it was. It was I had formed a connection and I was being love bombed. I mean, by the time I had really got into the church and was really active, I was also still in school. I had started grad school by then. So I was stressed and then I'm getting loved. Yes. I'm I'm tired and I'm getting loved on. When I first got there, I was alone. I was losing my friends. I was getting loved on. Now someone understands my childhood experience. Love, 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 love. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also a power
0: imbalance that happens in that, right? It's, it's the person is controlling you like, okay, so because of this bond, you really need to be showing up to church every Sunday. You need to be out of yourself and bringing people to the Friday uh, night devotional. You need to, you know, make sure that you're going on these encouragement dates with your brother because you're my sister, right? We're so, You're mm-hmm. supposed to be loving and in, in the body of Christ and you need to, to like contribute in a way that's meaningful. And then you're given and, and prescribed these ways of, of how to show that you care about someone, right? Like it's, right. It, you have to abide by these ways of expression and that's how we'll know that you're actually grateful for wanting to be a part of so on and so forth
1: so trisha you you're meeting with a therapist and this term comes up and then you kind of realize that there wasn't anything to bond you with the church anymore
2: yeah, it was it was almost like going to church. I was unfamiliar with the first connection I had getting there. I, I, the way I described it to him, is like I'm starting my relationship with God over. Like I got a completely different identity now that I've because I had, I had graduated from therapy. <laughs> like I had done some some serious work. And so when I when I started attending, well, I was still attending church, but when I finished and was able to kind of reflect on the therapy experience, I felt disconnected because my identity wasn't trauma. It was, okay, let me figure out who I am now. Let me figure out right. who God is to me now because it's a little different. And I I don't know. I don't know how to describe it other than it was just a disconnect.
1: That's, I, I don't, I'm proud of you for that.
2: Yeah.
1: I know proud of you is, is a word, you know, you use for, for somebody that you really know, but, but I'm proud of you for that, for, for seeking the help, for finding the assistance, for doing what you felt was best to mm-hmm. help, to help yourself.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, Can and I add to that? Yeah. Ahead. I, I was going to say to, To do the work of healing is hard. So I wanna echo what Aldo is saying that, you know, I'm proud of you, not in a sense of like this kind of one down power position, but more of like, I see you. Like, that's inspirational, that healing is not easy. And when you see, like, when those places heal, the positions that you were in that were uncomfortable truly. You don't want to stay. It doesn't make sense anymore, right? Because there's a a new sense of you. There is a new understanding of you and what your value is that you're like, "Uh uh-uh, we ain't ain't doing that. So I I just wanted to make sure that, like, that that therapy work piece,
2: it takes courage and vulnerability. You have to do the work in therapy, though, because there were so many disciples in therapy but they were using it as a crutch or their mm-hmm. therapist was assigned to them mm-hmm. and so i just lucked up and decided no i'm gonna go and i'm not gonna ask permission to go yeah.
1: you, you 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 took the uh the uh the bull by the horns so they say the word cult has been used to describe this group um other terms have been used Uh, pseudo cults or cult-like experiences and and the word cult like mentioned earlier do you agree with that term is there another term you would use tell us why
2: yeah i'm gonna say it's the cult i'm not gonna use any other word because maybe that's too complicated for me (laughs) but i'm gonna call it what it felt like to me why I was a completely different person. And in my family relationships are a reflection of that. I can't even tell you why I did what I did, who I was. I can't explain, validate. But I was under influence of something powerful. And I'm going to call it a cult.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I, I mean, I, that's the only thing I can get my mouth to say. I, I can't validate anything else. Other than it, it
1: was a cult. Let's talk about let's talk about you moving on, right? Because you know the name of this program is the reclamation, and it's all about people reclaiming their stories and reclaiming their lives mm-hmm. and, and picking up the pieces. How have you picked up the pieces to your life, and and how have you moved on from this experience? Even though, even though it's only been a couple years.
2: yeah i'm not that far removed um well i mean it's i guess it's been a easier experience than just leaving because of therapy so a lot of the work after therapy was the same work i had to do while leaving so it's Mm -hmm. more of a let me figure out what i like like i'm an adult i'm out of school i graduated let me figure out what i like let me, I always say I date myself. Let me Let me do the things that I did before. Let me see if I like them. Do I like to paint? Do I like to write? Oh, if I don't like that anymore, what else do I like? Do I like mm-hmm. to dance somewhere? What type of music do I like? I think all of that was all one big process of let me figure it out. Um, but also, I mean, I've since then joined another church. It's not a cult. I've done my research (laughs) Um, because I think, even though that experience was pretty poor, a lot of the practices I still clinged onto Mm -hmm. because it it actually did help me develop a relationship with God, but now I'm re-figuring that out for me. And so the only way I can still explore that is to join another church. But I mean, it's still hard. Like opening a Bible is still really hard to Why? do. Why? Because we did it so much. <laughs> we did it so much. <laughs> I flipped to a scripture. Like I had to get rid of the Bible that I had while there.
1: Because you had because you had notes. You underlined certain parts. You highlighted certain parts. Is that it? Right,
2: whatever they said. Yes. If I was highlighting Queen, I had the little tabs, little color tabs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you had them joints. Nah, man, I had straight pencil.
2: (laughs) No, no, I was fancy. I had the color pens and the highlighters. Yeah, that Bible's gone. Like, I I couldn't do it anymore. But even, like, some scriptures are really hard to hear. Or, yeah, like, if if that was something specifically used to correct me, it's really hard to hear it. Even though I know, like, that pastor isn't correcting me, I can just still hear it the way they say it. Not necessarily the way it's delivered in a sermon, so it's like a little bit of exposure therapy, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna cut this off. I I have to do something, do something else for now. But yeah, I mean, it's still really difficult in a spiritual sense, but as far as like socially, I'm I'm good. I've I've had conversations with my mom and my sister specifically because they were the most affected by me joining and. I mean, my roommate is one of the members still. So, um, yeah, (laughs) but she's, she's, she's no, no, no. Don't speak so loud. (laughs) loud loud. (laughs) No, she's really cool. She's, she's one of the first people that I told I was leaving. And she's one of the first people that's like, I got your back, whatever you need. So she safeguards me mm. from probably all the stuff that I would have experienced had I just left and was alone.
1: You know, I, um, I don't know who that young lady is. I don't. And as you're, you're, as you're speaking and as you're telling us about how you've picked up the pieces, Dr. Melton and I, Dr. Melton, please chime in and tell me if I'm overstepping or misspeaking. But Dr. Melton and I have it's been a lifetime since we've left.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's been a lifetime. And we've we've gotten older, we've gotten wiser, I've gotten grayer. And <laughs> and we we also had the benefit of each other. Right? Like mm-hmm. we were able to establish friendships while we were in this organization. As as evidenced by season one of the reclamation and the cast of people that were involved in that. And as you were speaking, I loved how you were putting in the work. But I also loved how you had somebody there that was holding you down, too.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and I I don't know what the future holds. I, I don't know. You know, because sometimes, you know, people separate for whatever reason. But... I'm going to give her a shout out because that is special. And sometimes that's what's needed. And you might not recognize it now. It seems like you do, but it could, listen, it could be five or 10 years from now where you even recognize it even fuller, where the picture becomes even clearer for you as to what that friendship did for you. And congratulations on that. Seriously. Seriously. Because it's it's really difficult to go through this alone. Dr. Meltzer?
0: Facts, right? I, what helped me transition out, because mine was more like a, a fade to black. I didn't tell anyone that this is my decision or anything like that, but it was really in reflection of other relationships that I had formed that would have been questioned or uh, me being rebuked for having without inviting them to church. And it's through those relationships that of women that were Christian, not in our church, Christian, but like living, you know, uh, according to their Christianity. And it was those relationships that kind of gave me the courage, not kind of that gave me the courage to step away because I saw the difference. Um, And so I think that is a beautiful thing um, to have relationships. That are genuine in that way. And I think that that y'all are still roommates is a testament to that. And I'm so glad to hear that those relationships that, that that happen socially for you, that shift in knowing yourself and how you show up in relationship is has shifted. I'm really hoping that your spiritual wounds continue to shift as well. because uh, those are those are more challenging. I can. I'm speaking for myself now. Like those are more challenging um, wounds to to address.
1: Trisha, I'm going to let you have the last word. As people are listening to this podcast, and or listening to this episode, and we don't know the people listening could be members of yesteryear, Mm -hmm. or they could be current members now who are looking for a way out. What do you want them to learn from your story and the stories of others?
2: Well, first off, shout out to my roommate <laughs> for <laughs> guarding me and protecting me and supporting my decision and not judging me. That's the first thing, and i mean i mean we're we're like our own little club in a sense where we can relate, whether it be. 20 years ago or five years ago, two years ago of us leaving. And so, I mean, people are important. If I can encourage anybody, people have people around you and find people around you. That support you because. I I, I can honestly say I probably would have went back if I was alone. I don't think I would have left and successfully left if I was alone. So. Cling on to don't get rid of your family, your friends. Cling on to them because they're your support system, even while you're in it. And especially when you leave, don't be afraid to go on an apology tour if you have to. Do it. (laughs) Go to therapy. Get your healing and do the work. Um, I mean, but to all the listeners who haven't experienced this before, we're normal people. You'll see me down the street and be like, why is she smiling? Why is she so happy? <laughs> I, I'll approach you and still probably ask you to coffee if you're my co-worker. We're, we're still people. Like, we're still normal people. You, you We don't have cult on our foreheads. We are normal people. We're tired like you. We go to work like you. We might have kids. We take care of them kids like you. <laughs> we're doing it all. We're doing all that you're doing. We just so happen to have an experience that sort of bonds us. And I hope this podcast really helps you to be aware of situations like this.
1: Next time on the reclamation.
2: And I came out of my, my whole holiness. I had holes in my heart and soul uh, pain and just a lifetime of, I'm going to say grief, a lifetime of uh, for believing I wasn't good enough unless I worked for it.